0: Hello, I'm Josh Way. And I'm Ben Eggleston. Uh, Welcome to our podcast here at Shutter Speed Media. This is a podcast for people interested in video and photo production in the automotive industry. Our goal is to share, educate, and entertain you with stories, experiences we have, plus bring on guests to share their experiences in this field. And today, um, Ben is actually out of frame. We're actually filming this one too, because we are in the studio live with a guest today. Um, And his name is Glenn Cordell. He is a visual artist. Yeah, you could uh, say that. <laughs> and he uh, does a lot of cool car stuff. He's interested in Porsches. He's uh, been featured on Porsches uh, Instagram page, even with some of his amazing renderings of car stuff. And uh, I think he's got a lot of cool things to say, especially considering we've been talking about renderings uh, or CGI stuff when it comes to f- car photography as well and how they relate, how we can put them together. And... Um, um, or if it's going to take over the world and I'm going to be out of the job. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. Glenn, how are you doing today? Good. Doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, Glenn, you are a local, so that's why it's kind of easy to have you on here. So you're from the Minneapolis area. Yes. Born and raised. Okay. Um, so it's it's cool to see a lot of artists and car enthusiasm in this, what would would be considered not a big par- car <laughs> right. part of the world. It's but, not a
1: hub, that's for sure.
0: Right. Um so just give us a quick like walkthrough of your sort of background and if it's from childhood, I'd like to hear like where's your car passion start, first of all?
1: Yeah. Uh well, man, I've been I've been in love with cars since I was a kid. I was drawing cars, you know. The first picture I drew like as a little kid was a Volkswagen Beetle. And so it's been kind of part of my life for my entire life. And uh, you know, drawing just pencil crayons when I was little just uh has kind of progressed and even through, you know, middle school and high school and then into college, I was always kind of a, a car nerd and um, I wanted to be a car designer when I was real young and even uh, up and up through middle school and high school, but it just kind of wasn't in the cards financially uh, to get into like the big, you know, schools in California and everything else. And so uh, next stop for me was a mechanical designer. And so that's been my day job. <clears throat> Ever since you know I got out of high school, went into college for that, and then uh, I, it's been it's been my day job ever since. And uh, the car stuff has never left me; it's always been a hobby. Uh, I guess maybe in the last uh, six or seven years, it's kind of grown into a little bit more of a hobby. <clears> or <throat> have been able to make a little bit of money doing it and and create some cool stuff and kind of just expand my uh, capabilities.
0: Sweet. Um, and obviously, Porsche is a big part of that. So were you, I mean, what was your, like, car history? Where did you start? Was your family a car family? Was your dad into this? Where, where, where did it start?
1: Uh, strange. None of my family was really into cars at all. Oh. It, was, it was kind of a homegrown thing for me, and, um, you know, I liked, I had no one direction when I was younger uh, growing up about, like, brands or, like, you know, German or European or, you know, Japanese or anything like that. I just liked cars, you know, and... When I was, you know, ninth and tenth grade, I was into low riders and like kind of the, the lowrider scene back when it was like sixty fours nice. <laughs> and, and little wheels, not the not the big ones. Yeah. And so, um, once I got my license, things changed a little bit. That was around the time uh, Fast and Furious One came out, oh, yeah. and you know, I went to see it and I was like, oh, that's you know really cool, and it ended up getting a, I was an eighty nine Volkswagen GTI, and um, I had no like. History with the brand, like I I mentioned that I, like the first car I ever drew was a Volkswagen Beetle, but I had like no like alliance to Volkswagen at all. Um, But I got a GTI because uh, I saw it for sale in someone's front yard. It had 16 inch wheels, which, you know, and it was lowered. So it kind of, they made them, it made, uh, you know. 16 inch wheels look bigger than they actually are sure you know especially by today's standards and um, that
0: was that was your first like European car
1: that was my first car that was uh I think it was my second ever car okay yeah so it's um no I'll take it I'll take that bag it was my third first car I ever owned uh, my parents bought it for me uh, before I had my license and it was a, a Chevy beretta <laughs> and it was, okay And uh, it was not good. And I sold it as soon as I got my license. (laughs) All right. And got a Jeep uh, Cherokee XJ, which was awesome. Uh, Ran that one through a pole accidentally, (laughs) and so then I got this VW. Nice.
0: Um, So and going through your car history, walk us through it because I know you've got you've had various Porsches now, but.
1: I've had I've had a lot of cars and uh, most of which have been Volkswagens, uh, Audis, a lot of Volkswagens, Mark One, all the water cooled. I never had any air cooled Volkswagens, huh? but uh, a lot of VWs. Had a, several Audis, BMWs, Volvos, and um, my latest, I guess, my first Porsche is my 914 that I currently have, and uh, I was looking for a project and I was kind of a toss up between a 914 and a 924. Cause those were what was in my price range, just like sure. something cheap and like beat up that I could just bring, bring back on. to life. Yep. And um, I so still, I still
0: want a project car. Like yeah, that too.
1: it's fun, but it's kind of you know it takes a lot of time, <laughs> a lot and, more time than you anticipate, and probably more
0: money than you anticipate too. Exactly. <laughs> but that's uh, okay.
1: So I got the 914. That was my first, and then I got a Cayenne too, a 957, which okay. was great. Uh, sadly, I had to sell it recently, but um, you know I love the brand, obviously, uh, based yep. on my work, and yep. uh, I'm sure I'll have another one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, so tell us a bit about this whole world of rendering. I know nothing. We've discussed that <laughs> in past uh, past uh, podcasts. Ben here behind the camera. He's got some design backgrounds. He's sort of interested. He's paying attention to it more than me. Do, I do. So he he kind of knows some of the software that you're gonna sure, yeah. list off and stuff. But kind of walk us through like your process right now. Like if you want to do like a personal project. Mm-hmm. just render something sick, some Porsche, some classic thing, whatever. Kind of walk us through, like, educate me and our listeners about what, what you do.
1: Yeah, well, it, uh, it varies a little bit based on software and what software you're, you're using. So I use Keyshot for my rendering, which is maybe the easiest to get into for a beginner, and maybe yeah. that's why, like, I can put out the stuff that I do without, you know, any formal training. Um, but it's you know, maybe not the most capable. You can do a lot of stuff on it. And it's one of those programs where, uh, the more you just play with it and like find some stuff out, there's little tiny things you can do here and there where it's like, Oh wow. That like brings the realism up a bunch or yeah. like that, like expands, like what you can do tremendously. Uh, so the process now, if I want to do a personal project, uh, it all starts with 3d model. And so that 3d model could be created by myself. Like, so I'm, I do CAD for a living. And so I'm very, very, very good at it. I'll I'd say, I'm, you know, not to, like, toot my own horn, but I'm, like, one, like, a world-class 3D modeler, uh, not necessarily for surfacing. I'm kind of, like, getting into that, but for hard surfaces and, like, uh, so standard like, CAD stuff. Is it,
0: like, a, the wireframe kind of wire Wireframe, it
1: can be shaded, but it's not, like, it's not lit like, you know, a nice photograph is. It's. Uh, but it
0: starts with... It, yeah, it all starts geomet- with... You know, a geometric- yeah, shape, just dumb right. geometry. That's all okay. it starts
1: with. Uh, the better your geometry, uh, the better your end product is going to be. So yeah. I said I do CAD, and you have to break up modeling into two groups, really. There's the polygon modeling, where each like, you know, like curved surface is made up of like thousands or millions of little tiny flat triangles. Mm-hmm. And then there's CAD or uh, a lot of people call it NURBS uh, modeling, which that same surface is made up by like the most complicated mathematical problem you could ever imagine. And so, you know, I don't have to do mathematics to like do what I do, because I can define a curve and then uh, sweep that curve along another curve, and then I can make a pretty complex set of curvatures and you you link them all together and try to make it flow, and then pretty soon you have a car body.
0: Um, So can I ask like, when I mean, your more recent stuff, where you've been using you know the best knowledge you have thus far, yeah. When you're making an image that we all see, is it something that you've created from scratch, or is it, or is there like some place out there where you're getting already pre-done CAD? It's like, definitely a mix. A mix. So um, there are
1: places where you can purchase assets. You can buy a car model and the quality of which uh, sometimes is great and sometimes it's bad. Sometimes you have no idea where it came from, but it looks like it may be, you know, created by the company that actually made the car. You, sure, you don't really know. Sure. And, um, and so, but I would say on all of my recent stuff, uh, almost none of it is completely like a purchased 3d model or something. I'll always do something most often i I redo the wheels and the tires and like some of the details that like just stand out more to me like when I'm putting this together yeah especially if I'm working with a purchased model yeah um, a lot of times I will you know start with one model that may be purchased and then I'll create you know a different set of bumpers or side skirts or anything with it
0: you just take those elements off and redo yeah I it can your own. I can
1: swap out whatever I want and um yep. you know I guess a case in point is any of my more recent nine six four Uh, Artwork. Uh, So I've made some Carrera RS and and Cup cars and everything. And those all, and even the, you know, I've done some Safari uh, Mm -hmm. 911 Keen Safari Mm -hmm. cars. And those all kind of uh, go back to a Yellowbird model that I found at some point. Or purchased or downloaded it or something and so it kind of like the base like body structure is that yellow bird okay. and then and just a whole stretching bunch of
0: different doing dio, you know, different geometry sometimes
1: it's stretching usually if uh if the form is good then i don't really have to you know morph it around too much because a, a little bit of stretch can really make something look wrong sure. so is it know.
0: disappointing that uh, you can't Change stuff on your real cars as fast as you can. Yeah. Then rendering. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, <laughs> like my nine fourteen has been an ongoing project for yeah. the last uh, five years or so. It's like, and,
0: damn, I can't just like swap out the bumpers or change the right, car or yeah, do anything yeah. without like major work.
1: It does take a lot of work, and it's not really disappointing though, because it's it's two different worlds for me. Sure. You know? Like sure. I can. I can create something real quick in CGI and like render it out. I like, oh, that looks really great. And then, you know, I'm not any less like into my project car. You know? Sure,
0: sure. Well, what, I mean, this whole, this whole world of, of CGI stuff. I mean, that's what you call it, right? CGI. Yeah, yeah, CGI. Um, in terms of like the photo industry, let's answer this question real quick. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, on, I know you're not a photographer, but. What are your thoughts on the influence of this technology, this ability to basically create very realistic, almost too realistic of stuff to be used for commercial industry? I mean, do you think it's going to put me out of the job? Do you think it's going to be something that's going to be just always a secondary option? Just talk about what I don't you think, think about that.
1: I don't think it's going to put you or any of your photographer listeners out of a job, sure. uh, but I do think that for... Um, a lot of the big companies uh, that are looking to do some high-end like pictures of a launch vehicle or something, sure, it it opens up uh, the field for them quite a bit because you don't have to be on location with a car that you have to keep a secret until you know the embargo is lifted. Yeah, you know, to go through all that stuff. So, relatively speaking, it's it's pretty cheap to get the same or similar images from a sure. CGI sure.
0: dude. Um, and it's been interesting seeing the styles I mean the styles right now too are very like edgy dark contrasty stuff so you can kind of like like studio style stuff you can do that in your world you can create that a little bit more rather than putting it into like a real world situation right as easily I don't know I'm yeah just... it's
1: i mean there's there's a lot of stuff you can do sure. and it's um you know some of these guys that do CGI. You know, I'll I'll say it. I'm in the CGI world. I'm not like a super, you know, advanced user. You know, I've done a couple, you know, paid, you know, spots, and I do a a thing in Triple Zero Magazine, or like I'm, I'm in there every every issue, but. Um, right there's some guys out there that make stuff that you like i legitimately as a cgi person like i can usually spot cgi pictures but yeah, some think... of these guys make things that i i can't tell it apart from like a real photograph
0: and huh. so it's um that's where it's like yeah this is yeah like, this is kind of scary but
1: the guys that can do that is i mean they're so advanced and you know they're they're expensive to work with and so that it's not you know as easy of a jump for like a manufacturer to say okay I want to go from this like really skilled photographer to this really skilled CGI artist like it's right. it's still going to cost them an arm and a leg right uh, but it is pretty easy these days for uh someone with no talent and no skill at all to just get into the hobby and just start making stuff and then yeah. you know you know, seeing where they can do better and then like improving on themselves. And that's kind of the route that I've been taking.
0: Do you think your abilities right now, like you say, you're like you're kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, yeah. there's the guys that are better than you. There's the guys that are worse than you. Do you think that you have the ability to get to that top echelon Is it, is it just like time spent like creating the image or is it, is there like special skills? Is there more learning to do?
1: Um, A lot, there's a lot of learning and it's, a lot of it is software dependent too. It is. So some guys that are, you know, really high end CGI artists, they use software that I don't. And so I can ask them, Hey, how do you make that? And they might be very helpful and say, well, I do this. And like, I, you know, use these assets to, you know, add texture or, you know, reflections or roughness or something to a surface. And I'm like, well, I have no idea what you just said because it's in Greek to me. Well, thanks <laughs> right. for the help anyways.
0: So I guess that's good. You know, learning is always good. We can always, there's always room for growth. That's yeah. what you're saying. So that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is Viceroy? Viceroy is, um, so
1: this started with a, I did, it was kind of a personal project. I did a 914 that was just kind of radical, you know, big flares on it. There were, um, Split flare, so there would be like hardware holding them on, but it was hidden hardware, so it's kind of like uh, almost like the new DLS, mm-hmm. uh, the Singer DLS, where it's you know the the fender flare is a separate piece that's bolted on, and, and uh, so I made uh, I made this car uh, way back in the day. I don't know what year it was. It's was probably 2017, and I did a few images of it and put it on my Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Um, and kind of in that similar time frame, I also made, uh, I created the steering wheel. More as like a just a design experiment.
0: Like a physical, uh, real steering wheel.
1: Well, I, it was CAD. You know, I created it in CAD, then I did rendering renderings of it. And so this is, uh, this was just something I was like, oh, this would be really cool to have. And it's got kind of this w- layered wood on the back that'd be really nice. And so I made it, I put a single picture out there on my Instagram and like, and that was it. And there's a few people that liked it. I was like, Oh, this is cool or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so that was it. And fast forward, uh, two or three years. And within a week of each other, I got a call from Sun Kang, who many of you might know from fast and furious. Yeah. Uh, he's Han. And Han, then, yeah. and then I also got a call from not a call, a message from, uh, two guys at that run tactical racing um, they make steering wheels and like some stuff and, and so Sung was like hey I, I got this 914 it's got a v8 in it and it's kind of cool but it made me think that I kind of want to do... A limited run of 914s, and it's going to be a resto mod thing, kind of in the same vein as Singer Vehicle Designs. And I was like, yes, because <laughs> he's looking for someone, you know, people to be part of the project that had their heart into it and that were like just passionate about it. So I was like, all right, I'm on board with that. And then a week later, I get a call from maybe it was before I got a call, all right got a message from the tactical guys who were like, Hey, we saw the steering wheel that you put on the internet two years ago and we really like it and we want to build it. Uh, what do you say? And so, oh,
0: yeah. and so I was like, yeah,
1: like, that's cool. And, uh, <laughs> like, that's I'll, I'll do that's that. Sick. That's sick. Uh, but then I, I guess I should go back when, when Sung was talking to me, he's like, and then I, I see the steering wheel that you made. That's gotta be a part of the car. I'm like, well, you don't actually, I'll go back. It was a tactical guys that t- c- called me first because then when I was talking with song, I said, you know what, these guys I just talked to want to build the string wheel. So I think we can make some, make some stuff happen. Yep. Um, so it kind of both projects progressed, uh, simultaneously. Was a physical wheel made? Uh, yeah. So the steering wheel is that project is still going on. It's, it holds okay. the same Viceroy name. And, um, so that's what tactical were like, we're, already too far in this we've done manufacturing stuff and right. and they wanted to do this with or without the car and I'm like you know what I want to do this with or without the car as well right. so uh, so we we kept on plugging on and that's gonna be launching I don't know when this is airing but uh, within the week from now we're gonna be, okay. we'll be opening up so the, it will already be
0: out by this episode it's, yeah. it should be out. well
1: with... it'll be the pre-sale will be open so okay, okay. they won't be shipping for uh, I guess a month or so So
0: and you, you design the wheel right yeah so and i designed the wheel build it
1: yep tactical, tactical. has the, the expertise with the actual building and like you know okay. making sure that the metal of this of the steering wheel is like strong enough to you know withstand like a track day or so,
0: something. so i mean i can i'm gonna if you're watching the video version of this i'll show some photos on here but tell us for the listeners, how does it differ from like a Momo wheel, like design wise? What did you want to make different? Yeah, so there's
1: a few key aspects of the wheel that, man, I was like, this, like these were the the purposes for modeling it and creating it in the first place. Uh, the first one was a 380 millimeter. Um, so that is the factory size of a 914, and also the Carrera RS 2.7. Okay. And it's just like it's a great uh, wheel size. Um, specifically for like nine fourteens and early nine elevens because you can get all that leverage. And so the Momos typically, they do have 380 versions, uh, old ones that are very expensive, uh, but all the new prototypes are, I think, 350. And um, so you wouldn't think that, you know, 350 to 380, that would make a huge difference, but it, it does like both in terms of, being able to see all your gauges, but also in like the leverage that you have of the car huh. and uh, how the car feels. So it doesn't yep. make it handle any better, but it smooth smoothens out your inputs a little bit. And so, so you
0: got the horn button in there too.
1: Horn button uh, is center. So we don't have the the new horn button. It'll it'll be public by the time your listeners hear this or see this. Yeah. Um, but oh, I guess what you're looking at now probably isn't the the latest and greatest. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty your, cool horn button. Photo, It's not uh, super. So, the other, there's two other uh, design elements that are like really important to this. Yeah. Uh, So, the second one was that uh, layered or laminated wood back on the spokes. And so that gives like some depth to the spokes. And and if you're thinking of a Momo prototype when you're listening to this, uh, the wood is on the back of the center uh, piece, but then you can kind of see that layering through each of the holes of the spokes and it kind of goes back. Sure. And then also, I guess the third one, which uh, I guess was a, a very important part. Uh, when I made this was a thumb groove that goes all the way around the, the rim. Oh, I see that and now. so that's kind of a, it's a subtle reminder for, for a driver when you're, when you're on the track or you're racing or anything, you don't want to have your thumbs hanging out inside the spokes. Cause especially if you have a non-power steering assisted car, mm-hmm. like, you know, the wheel can get ripped from your hands pretty quick. And, uh, one of those spokes could chop right into your thumb and that's, so not it's a just, fun feeling
0: it's just an indent all the way around the whole thing not just like a thumb groove right on, it's an um, indent
1: that goes okay. all the way around which if you're looking at it like with some like sharp shadows and stuff then you can kind of see it but just uh you can feel it really well and, man i really should have brought one here so you guys can see it. i would have loved to get <laughs> hands
0: on but uh, we'll do that another day we'll definitely do that another day no it's a, it's a great looking thing and i i wanted to bring it up just because like it's something that you have helped design that is now becoming reality a physical thing it's, yeah. it's probably pretty unusual <laughs> but for a guy in your line of work uh, with renderings but uh it's pretty cool yeah, it's pretty cool and, you know in
1: my day job there's several products that I've like been a designer on that have you know seen the light of day but it's all in in non-automotive industries yeah, so okay. this will be the first uh you know, real life <clears throat> you know thing that that people can hold and use and have in their car hanging on the awesome. wall or something
0: that's awesome well, that was cool. Um, oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I was kind of scrolling through your Instagram. I mean, I'm just, it's just like so... Sorry, I'm breathing. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Um, what I like a lot is sort of like the elements you've done of, of different cars. Yeah. And who's that guy? Is it uh, the guy that does like those crazy Porsche things in like those other worlds where it's like the bouncy cars yeah, and all the floor things? Yeah, uh, Chris LaProy. LaProy. Yeah. Um, I feel like you've gotten some inspiration from him over things, but gone with a lot with your own flair, just like taking a piece of a Porsche, some recognizable piece, gauges, steering wheel, wheels, fan blades, um, and just sort of just made this little art out of it. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's
1: been, uh, I call that my, um, art and engineering, uh, series. So I have a lot of these of. Of brakes, like I guess have, I have some RSR brakes, and uh, especially when I started the IROC stuff, there's a few different aspects, um, and components that we wanted to highlight. Uh, so yeah, the IROC series was done with uh, Type Seven, and they, you know, they came to me and they're like, "Hey, we want to do some stuff for like one of our other pages," and um, I'm like, "All right, I'm on board because nice. I love the. I've been doing you know different stuff for the IROC cars forever, you know." Yeah. Excuse me. And so, so some of the components like the wheel and the, the steering wheel, like all that, all that stuff came, um, I guess, from that project. Okay. Uh, but other stuff like the gauges and you know the brakes, those are things I just was just continued on. Yeah, I, I've had those. Well, I mean, I I had started those before even talking with with uh, Type Seven or Sure uh, Max Head Page, and. Um, also I guess the the engine model that I have, which is it kinda of falls into that same category. Yeah, yeah. That started because so I'm rebuilding a, a six cylinder for my nine fourteen right now. And well, I had it apart, I'm like I could make some really great like artwork, you know, just with some of these components and so I would take a part off, like in my garage. It's just nasty. I'd clean it up a little bit, bring it into the kitchen table, and then like three D model it, and then bring it back outside. And then piece by piece, I rebuilt this entire motor in in CAD.
0: And, How do you three D model? I mean, you just took photos of it and just sort of.
1: No, I um. So you, I would have the part cleaned, of course, on the kitchen table. Wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, it was all clean. I cleaned up afterward too. Yeah, she wasn't a big fan of it, um, but they're all pretty clean, and so we we it was all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so it would start by just getting, uh, general shapes. And so like the fan for instance, is, is a circular shape. So I'd, i create uh, a cylinder and then I'd add any rounds or draft or.
0: So you're just like looking at it well, and referencing the engine sitting there. No, and... it's,
1: um, I mean, I would also take measurements. Okay. So I'd have some, you know, really nice calipers or, a or, uh, A nice rule that i have and so i'd get the actual shape and sizes of of anything that i could some of the parts are they're kind of complex curvature that you can't you can't just measure a radii on on like part of the case where it's just like someone created this you know way back in the 60s uh in like a clay model or something and it's right and i couldn't i didn't have a 3d scanner so i was just like i eyeballed some of that stuff but anything like the pistons and cylinders anything that has like a, a hard you know, you know, that's a circle or it's supposed to be at least. <laughs> and right, so you right, can, right. you can measure
0: all those. Wow. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of time wrapped up in that too.
1: Oh man. That hours, thing, uh, hours, and hours. that project has been, it's been ongoing. Even now I'm adding stuff. So I did, I just did a flywheel <laughs> a couple, uh-huh. know, a few days ago.
0: Well, one of my favorites is, uh, the, the, I don't know if you designed kind of took like the Fuchs style wheel, yeah. put a tire on it. I don't know. You made it kind of your own shape with the four instead of five. Right. Yeah. And then you animated it rolling yeah just like animated it (laughs) turning it's so cool it's just like
1: and that was part of the the viceroy 914 project so that was the wheel that was going to be on that car and we designed those out so like like today i could go get those machined and like get those made i don't have the because it looks so good on a 914
0: (laughs) it looks like it's like made for a night it's the fuchs style wheel except it's got four little clovers yep instead of five
1: and that was a kind of
0: a mesh between so
1: the the actual 914s back then mm-hmm. uh the four-cylinder ones they did have a fuchs wheel um but it was four four pedals and but it was kind of a different shape to the pedal and then like inside each of the pedals there's a rectangular cut out and you a circle on yours, yeah. yeah well no in within the pedal shape there was also oh, okay. a rectangular, okay. which. Um, I don't know if you're on right now. You could pull up yeah, uh I'm looking at this one. Here. Four Lug Fuchs. Uh, yeah, that's the one that I did, but uh, Okay. So I took the, you know, four inspiration from the Four Lug Fuchs uh, as well as the Five Lug Fuchs. And so we wanted a four spoke just to, you know, honor the four cylinder 914s that, you know, were garbage <laughs> you know wow. 10 years ago nobody wanted them Yep. 15 years ago next to nobody you're wanted talking them, about so.
0: like like this one right? yeah yeah so yeah.
1: the the original four lug fooks had rectangular cutouts within each of the four pedals but also in between the four pedals i like yours better yeah <laughs> <too>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i used a rectangular cutout from them and then for the five lug fooks i have a triangular kind of a triangular cutout that's rounded on one side yep. and so i kind of I was like all right rectangle triangle let's go with a circle so that's what guided kind of the circular cutouts of my four, le- or okay. my four pedal, fooks.
0: I was just going to say, when you animated it, I mean, I was like scrolling past on Instagram or whatever, and I saw it like animated. Yeah. And it's just sort of like you just kind of just look at it. And, yeah. then, and then you just kind of find that it's been like five minutes, and you're still just kind of <laughs> looking at it because you had the brakes behind it. Yeah. So just like seeing it in just perfect smooth motion was just like so mesmerizing. Right. I loved it. But cool. Good work there. Thank you. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I obviously I love all of the, the classic like racing Porsches and sp- specifically like cars, like when you work with like this, for example, because I've photographed like this car, yeah the you know, I've got well, I've got a 935 on the wall right there, uh, that I photographed and then I photographed a 934 and a half, and a 934 nice. all done by the same shop. And they were in- impeccably restored, perfect, and extremely valuable oh, yeah. examples. <laughs> um, and to see those cars in person, to see the shapes and stuff, yeah. is is just incredible because they are so wide, oh, they yeah. are so just fat and so, but just business, you know, all business. Big turbo hanging out the back like a set of balls, <laughs> like giant balls. Um, and it's just so cool to see those cars in real life. Um, but yeah the renderings you do is just uh it's cool to see very cool to yeah
1: see. that one was that one started as in the cgi role at least i started as a 930 model okay and so then i created anything on there that makes it a 934
0: the bumpers the fenders yeah, yeah uh,
1: yep. yep. and we could talk about the stuff i did for uh, porsche well some of it yeah. at least <laughs> so, oh, you did
0: it for porsche
1: yeah um, uh, I should probably retract the, you, that because I have an NDA that I can't you, really <laughs> speak okay, to but some you stuff. like
0: I mean, you you, you attracted them with yes. your work, but then you did something for so them. So they
1: have, uh, they liked the, the some of the IROC stuff that I did and they they reposted it with permission and everything. Sure. So that was cool. But that also kind of started another thing where um, it's kind of in the works and I can't really say anything about it, but they so, have an
0: NDA in place. And so, so there's something that you're working on. Though. Yeah.
1: So hopefully,
0: uh, you know, soon. Something that, Will might become a physical product, like a uh, no. physical thing, or is this going to be for the not digital as a, world? Not as a
1: designer, just as like a visual artist uh, okay. type of thing. So well, some of it. Are you designing
0: the poster for Sport or something? Oh no, I wish that'd, that'd be, be cool. sick. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, I would like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, I would like to photograph the yeah. cars for that too. <laughs> so uh, we can arm wrestle over that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, but yeah, you've had a number of things like shared by Porsche on their Instagram and elsewhere, I'm sure. But yeah. Um, Tell us, tell us that. What was that like? Feeling. Oh man. Feeling some uh, yes. excitement there. I'm the sure. The first
1: time that they they commented on on one of them, and they were like, or whoever is in charge of their Instagram yeah. <laughs> account, yeah, and they're like, hey, we like your stuff. If you want this to be reposted, reply with. And it was just a generic like reply to like get mm-hmm. any artist who. It makes cool stuff that they like to respond i've never to gotten it. that message and i would yeah. like to <laughs> but they're like okay follow this link and if you agree to it you have to comment yes porsche and a hashtag yeah. and i've done
0: that, that but, uh, with other brands yeah, but yeah. and yeah. so uh
1: so when i first got that i was like wow like this is amazing and um another guy who had that same thing he's like yeah well it might be a month or two cuz i've been waiting <laughs> I'm like okay. all right okay uh, so it took a while but then when they finally like put it up I was that was pretty surreal to see like my stuff shared on their page and i was like you know just some some dude in the midwest who likes to make pictures of cars and sure. like to see my stuff like shared by Porsche <laughs> sure
0: oh, that's awesome so what is it like to i mean you've moved from I scrolled at the very, very beginning of your Instagram. Yeah. So we're looking at this here. Okay. Some of you are very early, like, sort of like cartoonish.
1: Yeah, that was all design. vector stuff. I started doing vector uh, because I wanted some stuff to put up in my office at work. Yeah. Like I saw a picture of somebody, some artist did, of a car that I was like, it's a really cool style. I was like, but I want that in like this other car. And so then I just made it myself and... So then I made another one, and like a few more later, I'm like, "Wow, this is this is really cool." So I started an Instagram page, and um, you know, had a, a few followers who liked Ooh. my stuff, and and uh, yeah,
0: man. I still I'm like a sucker for cigars. I still love those. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, scroll down a little bit. So I did some work with uh, I think uh, up to see the Ryan Gates 311 RS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did some stuff for them. That was probably one of my first um, actually actual paid things. It's okay. like, hey, we're gonna work together on. It was the spec blue the blue one that they did with some kind of cool livery on it so i yep. i worked with Orion on that and it was a ton of fun and um eventually you know being in the cad world and like being you know a really great cad modeler i was like you know what i want to move this into 3d mm-hmm. i was doing some i was using Keyshot at, at work for you know non-automotive stuff and uh and so i was like all right i'll i'll try it on some cars and so i uh if you scroll long enough you'll probably get to something but <laughs>
0: uh. so to move from like this sort of stuff there's Lewis's car um, to move from this sort of stuff to realistic yeah. renderings where they're dealing with textures yeah. and surfaces and reflections a big and stuff step. yeah <laughs> it's a totally different world yeah
1: totally different world and um, you know originally I wanted this was funny I, I, that I wanted right there. yeah that'd I be the one. I I wanted to do 3D just so that I could get like the view the exact view I wanted to do it in 2D. So I was like, because okay. before I would use a photograph and whatever angle the photographer was at uh, for the car that I wanted to do, like that's what I was stuck with. And so because you're was, just line tracing, yeah, I and... was tracing them. I was doing yep. vector stuff and yep. nothing too crazy. And then um, so I wanted <laughs> I wanted to just get like my own exact view that I wanted, and then like I I did a few 3D and I was like, man the options here are just, they don't end. Were you
0: completely new to it at the time? I was new to
1: CGI, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: And there's, I guess that speaks to Keyshot is like, I took almost no training in Keyshot. And so um, it would start and it kind of, once you get up to like the the CGI stuff, like there we go. This is where it begins. Yeah, that's kind of where it begins. And I started with the 914, of course, (laughs) because that was my new project at the time. Um, and so I was like, I want to create this in 3d and it's easy to in, in the key shot environment is to like place a car in a scene and then like add some lights and just kind of make it work and make an image that people recognize at least as a car. Uh, but then to all, to get all the little details and stuff is just takes so much time.
0: So in the, in the programs, you can just add light sources and once you set your reflection, Parameters—they yeah. just sort of work wherever you move stuff. Yeah. Around? Well,
1: Keyshot is is different than the other uh, programs for sure, and I'm not sure exactly how the other ones work, but um, with Keyshot, it, it actually like measures like a light source and like where those beams or where those uh, photons will go and what they'll bounce off of. Wow. And you can say, okay, I want this many bounces in a, in a scene or this, you know, this big of a scene because that'll impact you know a lot of the reflections. Sure. And then um. So any of, if you keep going, a bunch of my stuff will have uh, some real life. I guess more of my recent stuff will have real life. Right. We call it an HDRI uh, background. And so that is, it's a photographic image. It's kind of projected onto a dome that surrounds the model. Okay. And so then that HDRI image will then reflect light back down towards the model and so any of my more recent stuff if it has a realistic background it's a it's a combination of two things so it's, it has a hdri environment that's on the dome and it's like actually casting the light but then it has a back plane what, what they call it which is just that photograph image that's kind of behind everything huh. and so there's you know there's a lot of more lot more trickery in voodoo You got a ground plane on that one so that like the shadow like actually looks like it's it's coming from the light source and
0: right. uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have to collaborate at some point here. <laughs> I don't know you if know, that's I've been talking about do. doing,
1: I haven't been talking about it. I've been thinking about, you know, wanting to do a collaboration with a photographer because yeah. I would like to have a scene that maybe they take or it's a real car and then, but they leave space right next to it for a pretend car, you know? So like you'll have your real one. Then I'll, I'll take that scene and then I'll add a car to it and see like, how much i can replicate you know sure. the
0: the real photographer stuff. Well, you but, want to start with the GT1? Yeah,
1: if you have one. <laughs> I've got one
0: I've got one that I Do can you? go to, not in the state, but yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. I'm up for it, yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> That'd be interesting, for sure. Not sure if they'd be down or not. He's pretty private, but could work. it's been worth an ask. Yeah, I mean just like to see the progress um from way back uh to to here and doing these just photorealistic stuff is just crazy and then just the the creative ideas with like just colors and shapes and things yeah. it's been fun to watch but yeah, I've um, always been
1: a fan of like throwing some color on things and and a lot of it this kind of is where I you know depart from the standard CGI guys so if you go into any like the CGI groups on on Facebook or 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 any any other group most of them like their ultimate end goal is to have a picture that they made that people can't tell the difference from a f- photograph. And I was like, okay, I mean that's cool. Like your end goal is to have like a picture that people think someone just went outside with a DSLR and <laughs> snapped a, a picture But you you.
0: you. you don't agree with so that. So
1: I don't, I mean, that's certainly has its place, but that's sure. not kind of what drives me. Like okay. I like to make realistic looking images, but um, I, I like it to be not realistic so people will look at it and be like that's not right or like that's impossible or or something but i like it anyways so the 356 you have up uh now that one is like i wanted to i think if you scroll to the right on that one i did kind of an advertising i took all the text from an old uh keep going maybe it's one of my other ones is that same car around the same time um
0: Like all these pr- oh, this press stuff? Hair. Oh, there it is.
1: So I grabbed the text off of an old, like an actual advertisement that Porsche ran in some magazine. And I kind of put it on uh, a plane uh, behind it, kind of at an angle. So as it gets down towards the floor, like all the letters just stretch out yeah. into infinity. And so I kind of laid that out and people look at it and be like, okay, I mean, it's obviously not real, but it kind of looks real. And so it's,
0: you know. Well, that's the thing with like advertising space. You can create. Yeah. You're creating not a photo. You're creating an image to be seen and read and understood and t- to right. tell you a message, and ev- um, get an emotion out of you. You know, and exactly. obviously they want you to buy and sell their products. <laughs> yeah. But um, doing stuff like this is super fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, like getting an emotion out of you. Like that's right. the the artwork part of this. Whereas a standard CGI guy will be in it for getting like a picture that looks real. Okay. Whereas I'm like, I want to make a piece of artwork that people right. look at and they know it's not real, but they love it anyways.
0: Right. Well, that's, I mean, I love with like, well, I love chopping backgrounds and, yeah. and using colors and stuff to, to kind of show what I want to show. And it's not about, and, it, and I got another photo on the wall over there. It's like, that's just a photo, you know, that's right. just a photo in an environment. It looks cool. I love it. But like, you can kind of do more when you start to, like, think of it as an image, not a photograph. Right, yeah. Um, and I, I I admire that um, that goal. I, I try to do that myself just with the photo side of things. Yeah. I and mean, You're doing it from <laughs> rendering side, so that's cool. But, um, yeah, this whole thing is, like, I mean, Porsche's got a long track history of, like, really interesting and effective marketing ads that were, like, having to do with, and, of course, they're, like, posters, the racing posters, are, like, yeah. you know we're extremely valuable nowadays like from the <laughs> original one of uh, doing stuff like this so i think it's cool keep it up hey thanks
1: <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that kind of translates back and forth between the photography world and the rendering world okay like if you're a really good photographer you'd probably be able to do amazing stuff in the cgi world if you're mm-hmm. ever in the mood to try and learn but yeah when you start like looking at you know all your photography terms that I don't know, like like if you already know this stuff and like you feel it, like you work right. with it every day, it's the kind of stuff that's gonna like put you a step ahead of just a dude like me that <laughs> started well, it.
0: Well that's why I think it's like interesting that a lot of people and we've talked about it on past episodes, a lot of people are partnering up with with uh digital artists or mm-hmm. they're learning it themselves. Guys like Richard Thompson and Endel are a couple of big names that are starting to do more with just completely digital creation yeah. backgrounds, um, or digital cars and um, real backgrounds, or vice versa. And um, some of it's pretty impressive. You know, yeah. I don't agree with some of them. Some of them are just for for fun or whatever. But yeah. other stuff that can be used. I'm always thinking like an advertising photographer. So like, what what can it say? Like, what can it mean to me to make me like be interested in this thing? Right. Um, and some of it though is just. Sick, like so cool. Yeah, specifically, like Richard Thompson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, no, but he does these renderings. I don't know if it's him or if he's working with a team, I might be both. But uh, RVT3. So, Richard Thompson, we've talked about him, we're gonna try to get him on the on the can like scroll around but he's done some stuff and he works a lot with like pagani and a couple like mercedes like big yeah. names in the industry and creates just these otherworldly things literally otherworldly um and i think he's a great example of somebody who's just doing such cool stuff with digital yeah. and real photography but it's cool stuff yeah for sure it's very cool <laughs> stuff so um yeah so what's your porsche dreams then what if uh you know, if you won the lotto tomorrow, what are you gonna well, go get?
1: If I won the lotto tomorrow, I would get a uh, a new Boxster spider. Or I guess the seven eighteen spider. Okay. And cool car and you if...
0: got that nine fourteen blood in you, you still yeah. want you still want that like <laughs> well, I was open out, top.
1: I was out in uh, I was in California this past year, uh doing some stuff with the uh, Sun Kang, you know, we ro- drove his nine fourteen from LA up to uh up to San Francisco and we did a 914 drive up there. And when we got up there, like I like doing like fun spirited drives, like Mm -hmm. group drives and everything, but I don't like being a passenger for those drives. So I I did uh, a Turo and I rented a Boxster and that thing was, man, it was so much fun. And it was just like had a good. Was it S? uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was not a manual sadly, but.
0: Was it my generation or newer? uh,
1: I think it was newer. Okay. was Was it
0: a 718 like new, new? No, it was a six. Uh, in between, mine, yeah, with I don't the, know. No, okay. <laughs> I don't know what year it was. <laughs> nine eight one. It's my either nine eight seven, nine eight one, or nine or seven eighteen.
1: Oh, I think it was it was a nine eight one then.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, yep. great car.
1: Great, great car. I had yep. so much fun. In it. You know, I've I've never been a boxer like guy. Like I never like thought, hey, I really want a boxer. But then no. after driving that, I was like, this is such like a great car, <laughs> and like
0: that's literally the classic boxster like <laughs> thing oh i don't want to drive boxer it's just a base model like oh, i'd rather have 911 but then they drive it and it's like wow oh, yeah. this is a really good car and then like with the top down even yeah. with the top
1: of it's just like this is it's like a cozy little environment and yep. um and i wrote a uh a blog post somewhere at the time just like talking about my experience with it and how i definitely feel like it's a you know a, a relative of the 914 you know it's sure. mid-engine it's sure You know, it's just super well-balanced. It's great fun. Well, it uh, was
0: designed to be an open top, the Boxer. That's why, I mean, I would rather choose like a Boxer Spider Mm -hmm. over a 911 convertible any day. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Spitzer is a different story, of course, but the the 911 convertibles are built to be a coupe first. Yeah. And then they (laughs) chop it off. So I'm saying the point is they're a little jiggly. You know, there's a little bit of... There's a little bit of extra weight, a little bit of extra jiggle. Yeah. Um, the boxers are designed to be roadsters, and they yes. ha- they stay stiff when the top is down, yep. and it makes them so good for so the driver. Fun. So I'm a fan of them. I mean, uh, I obviously have a Cayman, but yeah, um, yeah <laughs> you know, boxers back are in, awesome.
1: In 2011, I did the Porsche Sport Driving School, and we, drove, we drove, it was in Alabama, okay. the Birmingham one. Yep and it was hurley haywood haywood was a lead instructor but he wasn't there the week that uh, i was there so i was like super bummer but uh wow but is it was a lot of fun it? i don't know if he's still doing it or not. okay I, I don't you know i don't think he is but uh but we drove uh the caymans of the time cayman s and then 911 s <laughs> and from the beginning of of the class the first time we had them out on the track i was like i the cayman's like a much better car to drive uh Towards the end of the class, yeah. Towards the end of the class, we had the 911, just the Carrera S, and uh, I kind of fell in love with driving that one. It was yeah. a coupe though, so it's. Yep. I couldn't speak to the convertible one.
0: I well, I would obviously like a 911. You know, I have a Cayman, I love it. I always talk it up, yeah. but it's like, well, I just can't afford a 911. Right, right. And that's just the way it is. But I, I, I know that the desire for a 911 isn't because it's necessarily a better chassis. It's just because of the history well yeah that, I mean, there's a there's a bit classic, of classic like appeal um it's yeah has there, got the
1: history for sure but i mean there's more pounds of just great cars yeah, there's there's more even, power. so the 914s and the 911s a lot of people will compare those like from like the early 70s okay. and the 914s are a really really well balanced car and if you put the same motor in them same like power even add some weight so that the 914 and the 911 weigh them same like the 914 is a better car but it's still built by volkswagen <laughs> so okay. there's a lot of issues where it's like yeah that's just cheap Where the 911 is like a solid structure you close was it was like the 914 the...
0: six any different because i know that's like the the top
1: yeah top
0: deal with the yeah, bigger motor the, and the more. 914
1: fours uh the sixes and then they had the six gts okay. so the six um it had a 911 t motor in it uh, okay. essentially and so it's, it weighs, like, I think it's 150 pounds more than the four-cylinder versions. It's got and, more power. And at the time, it had just a little bit more power than oh, really? the two-liter four-cylinder. Uh, of course, we, I mean, we all know that if you build a, a six now, you're not going to stick to the stock two-liter six you know, build specs. But uh, So you can make the six much, much better now. But from the factory, a 914-6 wasn't that much better than the, sure. the four-cylinder uh, two-liter, apart from the sound Soundtrack, of course. Yep. Um, yeah. Do you track yours? No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe someday. I don't know. It's you know, it's been an ongoing project, and I had the four cylinder in it up until uh, last year, last spring, I think it was, you know, okay. two springs ago, where I had it on one of my my maiden voyages, and I. Uh, had some issues with the motor and then ended up, I think I spun a rod bearing or something. So the four-cylinder came out. I already had the six-cylinder kind of project in the works and uh, I had the case already at Ollie's, so um, getting all the machine work done. So the six-cylinder, like I'm not gonna touch that four-cylinder again, Like that's out and it's done. Once the six is in there and once I I got new brakes and uh, some other suspension stuff going in now, hopefully this summer, That'll be going. But once all that's done, then, you know, I could maybe do a track day or something.
0: What do you think of the whole, like, modern, in terms of modern cars? I mean, you, you draw it all, and I'm sure you've got opinion stuff. So um, the whole turbo revolution we're in right now, I mean, what is, what do you think of, like, all the 911s and all Porsches, like, basically having turbo motor? I mean, wh- yeah, any, uh, any any thoughts on it?
1: Um, I don't really have an opinion there. I guess that's where my, my engineering mind, like, comes out so it's like yeah. it makes more power it's you know i don't know if it's more reliable or not uh it's extra pieces but then again Porsche has made some very reliable turbo motors and sure. so uh, who knows about reliability uh, but it makes power and it's you know you can get fairly good gas mileage at the same mm. time and so that's the engineer in me saying yeah its gas fine. mileage is not worth it who cares yeah <laughs> no. i don't i don't pay attention i'm all about i'm all about the
0: experience so for me driving like a modern Carrera and Carrera S or something yeah. where it's not a GT product. It's like this is just kind of let down. And I I felt the same even in like you know a Ferrari F8. You know those a okay. twin turbo. When you're when you compare it to the experience of driving a four five eight with the noise, I just I miss it. And I know it's a problem with the modern modern turbo yeah. motors, but I, I think don't the know. noise
1: is probably the biggest for me. I don't I haven't driven many modern. Uh, Porsches. I guess that that nine eight uh, one was probably one of the few in the last ten years. And with so some exp- yeah,
0: with a, with some extended time right. driving. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can change that. Yeah, yeah all right. Let's go, let's go <laughs> to Porsche today and go go t- take some test drives or let's something. Let's do but, it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm just I'm all about the experience, and I think in a lot of ways my Cayman, which is now thirteen years old, sounds better, and I. I feel better driving than some of the newer stuff with more power. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. You know, I
1: took on that same Birmingham uh, sport driving school trip, yeah. I was the passenger in the very first uh, 997 GT2 RS that was in U.S. 997? So the, yeah, so the gray GT2 one with the carbon RS. hood. Yeah, okay. The red interior and everything. Yep. So this was the press car, and they had it at the driving school. This was before – they had the driving school in la or in atlanta That's so been just the hottest so this thing was the, the only porsche driving school in, in the u.s and so they had it there and i was the only uh i guess person that was in the class that was able to take a ride in it so I was, wow. we did a hot lap and i was in the passenger seat and like oh my you couldn't God. rip the smile from my face yeah. with a machete because it was yeah. it was amazing and uh so when i think about that turbo i don't know what that is compared to like a modern like kind of Thinking. civilized turbocharged 911, but yeah. it was still like, man, it was a lot of fun and yeah. it had some sound to back it up too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those are, those are fierce machines, dude. Yeah. I, I rode in uh, a 991 GT2 RS uh, around, what was it? Auto, Autobahn Country Club in Illinois yeah. for yeah. Crown Rally. And the driver was pretty well adjusted to it. And he's, he's pretty good of a, of a driver. He's got a lot of seat time in that car and i was terrified i was like literally <laughs> i'm going to die i mean I, the 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 braking more than anything yeah. the power's insane right. but the braking is like okay i feel like we should break way back there and we're still going and okay now we're on the brakes and it just stops you cold it's unbelievable <laughs> the power of those gt2 rs even the 997s those were i mean obviously those are the widowmakers so yeah, they yeah. were not they, <laughs> they had a reputation um yeah i don't know porsche stuff is crazy cool and just a bummer that the price points are so insane right now that i can't i can't upgrade you know right yeah. and i i know you want to do the same thing I, yeah we, i'd we like to we can't get there yet um hopefully hopefully we find some deals for ourselves yeah but... i
1: mean the values of 914s are going up pretty good so maybe one day i'll be able to cash in on the 914 and get like a <laughs>
0: stock <Something Cayman>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stock yeah uh, uh, i'll sell you mine hey i'll uh, trade you <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> all right well that's going to be probably about all we have time for today glenn has been a pleasure um if you think we comment wherever you're listening to or if it's on instagram or whatever if you think glenn and i should do some collaboration on something let us know in the comments uh glenn what's your instagram name? my
1: instagram is at glenn.cordal
0: Okay. Check out his work. He's got just tons of cool stuff, and I know you're going to be inspired. Take a look, uh, uh, follow him along, and also follow on Shutter Speed Media, which is at S-Speed Media, um, for more episode car and photography fun. So that is it. Thank you for listening today. Hope you catch us next week with a brand new episode. Goodbye.